Welcome to the Docs Who Lift podcast, where we distill and simplify the complexities of a healthy lifestyle, exercise, medicine, and weight loss. We're excited to bring you a podcast that's a prescription for clinical practice, scientific recommendations, and just real life. This is the Docs Who Lift podcast. Yeah. All right. To the Docs Who Lift podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolski. I got my co-host here, Dr. Carl Nadolski Jr., super endocrinologist. And we are going to be talking today about hormones and weight loss. Here's the general scenario. Or weight gain. Whether it's because that's what they weight gain, sure. Whether it's my patients or followers online and you just you could just read comments doesn't even have to be my fault you just read comments on any uh kind of weight loss uh, page fitness page or anywhere where we're talking about weight loss people will say weight loss does not come down to calories in calories out it comes down to hormones and so you have to balance your hormones to fix your weight and it has nothing to do with eating fewer calories and that type of thing um there are a lot of people pushing this around. We, we've already had a, a, a podcast all about the carbohydrate insulin model of obesity. So if you haven't listened to that one, uh, give that one. Give that one a, a listen because it goes specifically into insulin, which we'll also talk about today. But we got my brother. He's a super endocrinologist, <laughs> not just a regular yeah. endocrinologist, but a super <laughs> endocrinologist. I wear, I do wear a cape super half the time. In clinic, mm-hmm. but. He has been told he has an action figure like uh, physique, so or maybe a video game, a poly. Like he looks like he's cut out with polygons. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, we can we can discuss today. What? What? I don't even know what when when I when I hear somebody say it's the hormones. I always want to know what specific hormones do you mean and what specifically are you going to to change in order to fix those hormones to help you lose weight because inevitably whenever people say they're going to balance hormones with diet and exercise what they do to lose weight is eventually reducing their calories in such a way that also helps their hormones so anyway uh, maybe you can go over like what the heck's a hormone anyway? Yeah. What do they even mean by hormones? Yeah, I know. So, and that's what's, and, and so no offense to any specific patients, but when patients ask us to check their hormones, that, that means really kind of nothing to us because there are innumerable hormones. Hormones are really just chemical messengers in our bodies that go from one type of cell, generally through the bloodstream, um, to communicate distantly with other types of cells in the body to get something happening for some sort of activation. And these, you know, hormones can be lipid or cholesterol derived, like steroid hormones, amino acid derived hormones, different types of peptide hormones. There are all sorts of different kinds. And so, you know, endocrinologists, we take care of people who have issues with hormones or the glands that are supposed to secrete the hormones. And so, when we talk about the regulation of energy balance, go back to our our podcast on obesity as a disease, I think is where we talked a little bit about the hypothalamic control. So your hypothalamus, kind of in the middle of your brain area, has a lot of 
some of the receptors and, and, and hormones itself that really control and influence other hormones that are a little bit more famous for energy balance and regulation. So, um, but you know, a lot of people think about sex steroids as hormones, you know, testosterone in guys, estrogen in females, even though we all have a little bit of all of the above. And then there's a bunch of intermediary hormones. You know, we have hormones from our hypothalamus telling our pituitary to secrete hormones to tell our testicles or our ovaries to make the sex steroid hormones or adrenal hormones, um, our thyroid hormone growth hormone, all these other things. We have hormones that come from our fat cells that play a dramatic, significant role, like leptin, we talked about in our first thing. So, uh, you know, and insulin. So yeah, insulin's a very famous hormone that comes from the pancreas that, um, you know, works on glucose, sugar utilization within our cells of our body, fat cells, muscle cells, liver, et cetera. So all these different hormones, lots of different hormones, clinical endocrinologists, doctors, evaluate somebody and if there is an indication to look into a hormone issue, that's what drives us to look into specific ones. It's, it's you know, that stuff's based upon history, symptoms, patient background, genetics, and, and things that we see. Right? You're a well, family here, practice here doc, the top, you do that. Top, here are the top, top things that I hear when I, when I hear hormones. It's, it's, my, it's my hormones, okay? So number one, uh, if they are postmenopausal, uh, their estrogen levels are lower. And so they, 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 they kind of blame it on that. That's one of them. Uh, and they kind of say it's wonky, but it, they just say it's, it's my estrogen levels. It, usually when I pin, when I hold their fire, uh, the feet to the fire, another person will say, well, it's probably my thyroid. Mm -hmm. Another person will say I have insulin resistance. So it's my hormones. And then other people will say, I think it's, it's either, like you said, testosterone if it's a guy, but cortisol is the other one mm -hmm. that I hear. Yeah. So um, maybe we can just kind of go through each of those types of scenarios. So hypothyroidism, we've had a few, <laughs> I think we've talked about this a few times. We talked yeah. about diet for hypothyroidism, but um, in general for thyroid, if you have hypothyroidism that's not treated, your metabolic rate technically is is going to be lower yeah and it's going to contribute mean, to a more positive energy balance and storage of excess weight also fluid retention by the way but so yes hypothyroidism is not helping anybody with their adiposity but generally speaking it is not one of the causes of what we would call marked obesity not dramatic weight gain people will notice don't get me wrong. If you if you suddenly develop hypothyroidism, yeah. you'll probably gain some weight, you know, have some cold feel feel cold, have skin hair symptoms, reduced bowel movement frequency, etc. Um, but it's not the it's not one of the major drivers of of obesity. However, uh, one of the references I will cite during this podcast, uh, the European uh, Association um, of Endocrinology or the European Society of Endocrinology. Uh, published really good evidence-based guidelines a couple of years ago for what hormones do we need to check when when we're concerned that there's a hormone issue in obesity and and generally and and thyroid is one of them. I mean, thyroid gets screened all the time, even though there are some mm -hmm. people we know on social media who thinks it doesn't get checked enough. But um, it gets screened for all the time. And and yeah, if 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 someone's getting evaluated and, and checked for obesity, we should definitely make sure that the thyroid is not having a problem either you know 
because we could have pituitary issues, but usually it's going to be a, an actual thyroid issue. Um, and also, by the way, we need to make sure we don't get tricked into thinking someone has hypothyroidism just because obesity also causes a lot of hormone um, abnormalities when we look at blood work. For example, uh, you know, high levels of leptin that come from our fat tissue, our fat cells, they sort of drive a little bit of it's almost a compensatory thing, part of the energy, actually a higher metabolism, and they, they'll have a little bit higher thyroid stimulating hormone, which might make it look like it's going up because the thyroid itself is not working. But generally, that's just a product of, of the excess adipose tissue itself. So we also, you know, we don't want to yeah, give so thyroid hormone just for higher, no reason. They, yeah. have, they actually have higher metabolic T3 rate levels, from, higher... Yeah. T higher yeah. T3 levels, which is the active form of thyroid. I think leptin, they think they were looking at thyroid releasing hormone, which then goes to yeah. the mm -hmm. TSH. I think that's the mechanism they thought was related. So, yeah. mm -hmm. so usually those with obesity actually have higher, higher levels of thyroid hormone. Now, again, we, we check it all the time, just, you know, just to be sure. Yeah. And, and what happens though, um, if somebody has hypothyroidism, a lot of the weight that's gained is, is fluid. Mm -hmm actually and not a lot of it's fat so you, you you normalize their thyroid levels and then most of the um most of the weight comes yeah. off in general there are a lot of people if they went you know uh, un, untreated for a long time may may still have uh, some excess fat but it's it's not it's yeah. it's really and, not common and it's not going to be the thing that fixes everything by the way and um no you know and by the way we have tons of people who show up you know get get referred to us who have very florid primary hypothyroidism they have no thyroid hormone and they barely notice and it and it hasn't driven yeah. obesity in their situation so they had other you know metabolic flexibilities that that helped them maintain uh you know relative body composition but but generally speaking if someone has real overt primary or central hypothyroidism and and they have obesity we definitely want to treat that absolutely no questions asked yeah. that's I, everyone should, yeah should. i got I got diagnosed with hypothyroidism in medical school. You know, I didn't really gain any weight, but I was, um, I always laugh because I'm like, oh, I, I still had abs and <laughs> but it's, people get so mad at me because like, well, screw you. That didn't happen to me. I'm like, I know, it's just an right. interesting there, anecdote. Yeah, there there are a lot of other aspects to it. And by the way, a lot of real hormones that really do play a role in obesity pathophysiology is just not the ones that people think it is. Yeah, so we'll get into we'll get into those in a second. The other thing is thyroid does probably have an effect on appetite. So even if your th if your metabolic rate is a little bit lower, it's possible your body would compensate with an appetite of eating a little bit less too. So there's there's multiple ways your body compensates. Uh, either way, you can get screened, and if if you uh, do have hypothyroidism, treating it, um, you know whether it's with just T4 or if you have to do a combination of T4 T3, your metabolic rate should go back to what it was. And you shouldn't have that shouldn't be the issue for you losing weight. That's and kind of and one, one more little point on that, too, because people are going to want to know, you know, about combination therapy, T4, T3. And, you know, because every, you know, people out there are going to be like, oh, no, doctors only use the T4, blah, blah, blah. Well, one, that's not true. And two, who really can benefit from a little bit of combination of T3? Well, at least in the studies where they look at these, there's not a huge difference between the combinations and the pig thyroid and the T4, but the few areas where there does seem to be a trend of benefit, maybe in the people who don't convert that well, and there does tend to be a little bit of a better weight um, 
outcome. There's a little bit of a, a vague preference and a little bit better weight. Again, not dramatic because hypothyroidism doesn't cause dramatic obesity, but a little bit. And sometimes a little bit does matter for, you know, so, so there's something to it. Yeah, especially what people, yeah, how people feel. All right. So the next one, uh, postmenopausal, I guess, postmenopausal, yeah. uh, uh, women. So of course, you know, the elephant in the room is there were two guys talking about postmenopausal, you know, people are like, you guys don't understand what it's like, but we've had, I've had hundreds of hundreds of followers and patients explain to me uh, the symptoms and then, and, and I've treated many. Um, and so I think, I think we're you know, qualified and obviously my brother's an endocrinologist, we're qualified to discuss it. And from a, from looking at the data, it's clear there is a shift um, once you go through menopause, when your estrogen levels start mm -hmm. declining, there is a shift in preference for storage of visceral fat, the stuff, the fat that surrounds your organs. You can't pinch it like subcutaneous. There's a preference of storage of visceral fat um, once you go through this change. Yeah. And so that happens. And But I think you can, you can actually give hormone replacement therapy and it, that, that does, uh, that shift reverses, but it's, it, again, it's, it's or very it can, most, mostly it can it's be, not... it can maybe be prevented a little bit more, more than anything to be like the studies show, um, like those who use female menopausal hormone therapy, you know, soon after menopause, um, it, when they're younger than waiting later, they tend to gain less weight. You know, as opposed to like an intervention, once once you've already gained weight, um, they tend to gain less weight and have less, you know, visceral abdominal uh, obesity and stuff like that. So that's you know important to know too. Yeah, either way, it's it's it's, but it's very it's very small. It's it's not going to turn into this marked. You're not going to become develop obesity, uh, marked obesity, uh, from going through menopause though. So. Yeah, uh, but it can it can make things difficult. It it, it can certainly make uh, losing weight tougher. Yeah, uh, and I I think and I th think studies show this that it's probably more so the symptoms that occur from it as opposed to the hormonal milieu, uh, meaning like it's not the actual decrease in estrogen that's making it tough necessarily. It's it's the it's the it's it's how it makes the person feel to where. Lack of sleep. We know lack of sleep that's, causes. That's a big one. Uh, really disrupts your fat loss goals from multiple angles, from appetite reasons to obviously you're feeling tired, so you don't want to do anything else. Um, you don't want to cook. You don't want to. You don't want to exercise. That type of thing. Cravings. Feeling irritable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that type of thing. So energy balance is of course an issue there. And then yes, there is a small effect from the partitioning of of the adipose, but from someone just developing obesity and then not being able to lose weight because of postmenopausal being postmenopausal it's that's not actually true it's still energy balance it just makes it a little bit tougher from probably uh, the symptoms you can get yeah. from it but that can I, be fairly dramatic go through the change that, you know i mean cuz sleep you know sleep yeah. is such yeah. a big deal I, i'll tell you often you know we get so many people referred to endocrinology for fatigue you know, just to try to see if there's some hormone. I mean, that's not really what people are supposed to do, but it happens all the time, right? And so we're always trying to figure out fatigue. Well, I'll tell you, half the time, the fatigue is due to some sort of sleep issue and their, yeah. their struggles with diet, ec exercise, weight loss is often due to the sleep issue, but these things are all bi-directional. So a lot of times it turns out my, my postmenopausal females, oh, yep, they're, they're struggling with sleep. They're having hot flashes and we get them on a good 
routine and they feel better. They do tend to do better with their diet exercise. Now, this is not, I'm not giving you trial data, but it's all consistent with it. And, and, and then suddenly they're able to kind of focus on all these things. I mean, it can yep. be pretty dramatic with, with relatively so minimal intervention. But. Yeah. So it's, it's in, but it's, it's an indirect thing, not right. specifically from the hormone, but it's, but it's indirectly from yeah. the hormone so the, uh, in an indirect way. Yeah, True. the the you know the, the menopausal transition is associated with a little bit of increased overall fat, but but like you said, that that distribution is maybe more of the hormonal uh, milieu, you know, the truncal region, the insulin, the, yes. the things we care about, the yeah. insulin resistance, because it's that's the thing, it's it's associated with that cardiometabolic disease of ec extra adiposity that's really actually more concerning, anyways, and that may that is yeah. a little bit more of the hormonal uh, part of it. And so we have to pay attention to yeah. it. But you, you guys as patients, we as physicians and, and dietitians and, and exercise physiologists all working together with you. So, um, yeah, a part of so, a yeah, holistic okay. so, health, you know. Practic practical takeaway from that then. So for, for the hypothyroidism, obviously screen, get treated if you have hypothyroidism. Yep. Most people don't have it as a cause of obesity. For uh, postmenopausal women, you're like struggling with weight loss and you have some of these symptoms and it's just, it's truly hard to stick yeah. to a certain lifestyle. Don't do don't do hormone replacement therapy just for the slight shift um, in body composition just by itself. I but if you're having significant symptoms that's just making it really tough to stick to a lifestyle, you better talk to your doctor because there are therapies available. And, um, Absolutely, uh, whether and, it's hormone replacement therapy yeah. or, or or otherwise. Exactly. But yeah, that's a very next personal. One. Okay, personal next hormone. Thing, so okay, which one? Yeah, next hormone, cortisol. Yeah, cortisol is a big one. The stress hormone you see supplements uh, marketed as we're going to decrease your f belly fat storage <laughs> hormone called cortisol, <laughs> and we're going to give you this supplement that takes care of it. So you're going to reduce your belly fat. You're going to drink apple cider vinegar. <laughs> you're going to take uh, phosphatidylserine, rhodiola, whatever, and you're going to chop off that belly fat. Anyway, cortisol. We've talked about this a little bit before. Cortisol comes from your adrenal glands, your and we did this on the adrenal uh, yeah, fatigue podcast. Yeah, the adrenal fatigue we lecture. You can hear a little bit about the adrenals there. Yeah, a um, little bit more. Anyway, yeah. cortisol, stress hormone, comes from your comes from your uh, adrenal glands. Yeah, and Cushing's disease. I mean, you could call Cushing you syndrome. About Cushing's real sure. Quick. Yeah, just briefly, I guess. So Cushing's syndrome is is excess cortisol or uh, it's called a glucocorticoid in general. The most common cause of it is what we call iatrogenic, but that's medication. So if you, if people have to take prednisone, dexamethasone, high doses of hydrocortisone for whatever reason, oftentimes it's an anti-inflammatory thing. Um, that's the most common cause of this. And, uh, but then we have Cushing's disease where the pituitary is making too much adrenocorticotropic uh, hormone, uh, ACTH, that stimulates the adrenal production of cortisol, or you could have Cushing syndrome from that are uh, that's uh, adrenally predominant, generally from uh, uh, you know an adrenal adenoma, and there's some other even more rare uh, entities of, of that. But um, you know, so excess cortisol is is certainly not good for us. I mean, if you have a pituitary tumor or an adrenal uh, tumor driving excess cortisol, or if you're taking too much cortisol type medication that that is pretty bad i mean in it and it does increase energy intake it's not great for metabolism it again generally speaking it it 
more or less shifts the where we're storing it. So it's like an extreme version of storing all the adipose tissue where we don't want it in our uh, visceral abdominal area intramuscularly. And it's also catabolic, meaning it's it's bad uh, for our muscles and our bones. So it breaks down our, our muscles and bones. And so people who have real, really, really dramatic um, Cushing's syndrome, like let's say um, some of the rare things are from cancers, um, where it's like really through the roof, they're actually very thin and frail. They'll get some abdominal obesity. Um, kids who have Cushing's uh, one way or the other, they do develop more of what we would call generalized obesity because they're growing and it, it even stunts their growth and uh, they'll just increase just their adiposity in general. But most adults, it kind of depends on the severity of the disease, but, um, you know, certainly it, it it's something to think about, but there are very specific signs and symptoms that we think about with Cushing's. You get a round red face, you get real big wide purple stretch marks. Um, hip weakness is a pretty specific one for Cushing's because the muscle breakdown. Um, you get the fat, if anybody's watching, it's called supraclavicular right above your clavicles. So you get like puffy right here and the, and the dorsal cervical fat padding, they'll, they'll call it a buffalo hump. Um, and so the, these are signs that we'll look for. and. And if we started looking at everyone with obesity for this, we'd probably find more of the real subtle, like adrenal nodules that make a little bit of too much cortisol. There's still debate though, uh, and this gets complicated, like if we incidentally find that stuff, if it's like real mild, should we do anything about it? Um, but if we start looking at everyone with obesity and diabetes, we'll find a little bit more but not, not, it's not dramatic enough. It's still too rare to just screen everyone with obesity for that. So it's really these signs and symptoms that we should be looking for. The other problem of this is that, you know, there are enzymes in our fat tissues that actually keep the cortisol around instead of being deactivated into inactive uh, cortisone. Um, and all the, you know, all, talking about hormones, all these hormones interact together too, by the way. So just having obesity itself increases normal cortisol levels, which does to some degree work against people, but it's not like the driving force. That's kind of the the ultimate conclusion of this long-winded description. It's always this chicken or the egg. So yeah. so here's here's what here's what happened. People are like, I'm stressed out and uh, I'm pretty sure it's my cortisol level stopping me from losing weight. Now they don't have pathological Cushing's. Yeah, not not what I was just um, talking about. Not, not a pituitary tumor, not an adrenal no. tumor, not a not a severe cancer, and they're not taking anything that's steroids. So you'll see, you know, programs out there claiming that you know, like supplements, like I said, phosphatidylserine and all these other other little things that can modulate your uh, cortisol levels to help you lose your belly fat because that's got to be the reason now there's some mild plausibility out there that being more stressed having higher physiological not pathological like in cushing's but physiological uh, cortisol secretion higher levels of it maybe there is a small little effect on mm -hmm. on um, your adip abdominal adiposity or, or composition yeah. Uh, but what, how do you, how do you fix that? Well, you got to find ways to not be so yeah. stressed, I suppose, but I wouldn't focus on that for the reason right. for your obesity. Th this gets into, you know, excess and what's ironic, you know, about those people that sell that stuff, you know what they say, you know what their marketing ploy is treat the root cause. They're, oh, doctors aren't treating the root cause. 
but they're not treating oh, the ang- they're not treating the stress, anxiety, poor sleep, um, sleep apnea. By the way, that does drive <laughs> cortisol up too. Um, you know, if we if we treat all those things, that's the actual underlying cause most of the time. And if the underlying cause really is some sort of Cushing syndrome, either from medications, adrenal tumors, pituitary tumors, etc., those things need to be treated. It's very important. These are can be very severe disorders, and those have to be treated for sure. Yeah. So the underlying cause is that you're not you don't have a rhodiola or phosphatidylserine uh, deficiency, uh, <laughs> and and don't don't expect stress reduction to. Uh, solve your ob- abdominal obesity right. either, it may help with then eating a little bit better as well because yeah. the stress can also help. It, it's confounded. You, you're stressed out, so you're also going to eat. Is it the cortisol or is it because you're stressed out it's making you want to eat? I, yeah. I don't know. We could we could debate, probably That's, debate that. I'm not even yeah, sure how t- to test Talk about that a exactly, bi-directional but, thing. Um, I mean, they're all, all these things are together. Again, that's yeah. why we have to all be holistic and, and work together as a team and think about all aspects of, of everything. And if there are concerns about looking right. into this, we look into it. Yeah. The next, we'll save testosterone uh, because we're going to do a whole uh, podcast uh, with another endocrinologist all about male obesity yeah. associated uh, or a secondary hypogonadism. But uh, it's kind of it's it's kind of a similar situation yeah. as uh, you know, kind of postmenopausal uh, hormone replacement therapy. But we'll we'll save that. I think the next one I'd, I'd like to talk about is is um, Insulin resistance, PCOS, kind of that milieu of, if I have insulin resistance, that means I can't lose weight by just eating fewer calories. They say, I, they, I mean, the comments on my Instagram, it's insane. Even though I say it directly in my, I d- address it directly in my post that despite having insulin resistance, if you get into a negative energy balance, you will lose weight. I don't care if you have insulin resistance. It doesn't matter if you have insulin resistance. The insulin resistance will probably increase your cravings and appetite and, and decrease your satiety. Um, but uh, uh, if you get into a calorie deficit, energy deficit, eating fewer calories than you burn, your insulin resistance will actually improve. It doesn't prevent you from it doesn't prevent you from losing weight. It just doesn't. Like there's studies well, and studies that show this yeah. all, all over the place. And, and in fact, again, going to this, this root cause concept is that people who have obesity complicated by insulin resistance and things like PCOS, we need to treat the root cause that is the obesity. You know what I mean? Like instead of saying, well, the PCOS and the insulin resistance is causing the obesity, it's, it's the other way around now. But so this goes to them again, back to, well, what are some really, what are some true reasons that insulin can cause obesity? Well, an extremely rare condition is an insulinoma where we, where people can develop tumors on their pancreas that secrete insulin. Well, insulin itself doesn't necessarily drive obesity, but if you have too much insulin, whether you, again, take it from a medication, which is iatrogenic uh, insulin, or if you have it from uh, an insulin-secreting tumor, you have to feed it so that you don't die of hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, and this gets into what we call nutrient partitioning. And so, um, so yeah, people who have insulinomas usually are gaining weight because they just have they're pumping out too much insulin all the time and um and they have to feed it 
They have to eat more. They have to take in more energy to treat that. But those who have obesity-associated insulin resistance, PCOS, prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, um, that's, not, that's not the case. We want to treat the underlying force there, which is the obesity, which is a complex yeah. thing. If you, yeah, if you want more detailed into the, our whole carbohydrate, uh, insulin, obesity podcast, you just go listen to that. But the, the bottom line is like, hey, you don't have to go low carb to lose weight. You can though. Yeah. It might help with your glycemia. Yeah. But eating fewer calories. I, I just had, I, I, I talked about this before. I just had somebody on Twitter say, I ate 1,200 calories or 1,800 calories. I couldn't lose weight. Now I eat 3,000 calories and I'm keto and now I'm losing weight. That didn't happen. That never happened. I'm not right. saying you're intentionally lying. I'm saying that didn't actually happen. You think it happened, but that didn't actually happen. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. It drives me insane. Um, <laughs> right, what else? Okay. What other ones? So, or, what else? There's growth. So, growth so hormone growth deficiency hormone, yeah. actually is a real cause. It's, I yeah, never, but, but I've never also seen not it, but, of yeah. not of marked obesity. So growth hormone is very important for our body composition, muscle, adipose tissue, um, health, probably. Um, and, uh, you know, so again, hypothalamic pituitary disorders, uh, can result in growth hormone deficiency. They're, you know, genetic things. Um, maybe there are more people than we realize who have growth hormone deficiency because it, it's one of the first cell lines, uh, to get knocked out for whatever reason. So for example, boxers or people who have a history of traumatic brain injury, they can have some slight, uh, growth hormone deficiency. Um, and. And if it's true and if it's proven, and it, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt to diagnose this, but um, growth hormone replacement does improve body composition, but growth hormone deficiency generally is not what's like driving, again, kind of like the thyroid deal and probably even less so marked obesity. So it's not something we just screen for everyone with obesity unless there's um, you know, some, some pertinent history, signs, symptoms, stuff like that, especially if there's known, um, you know, pituitary surgery or radiation or other disease. Um, so that's kind of that, but it's, it's a very modest increase yeah. in adipose tissue and decreased muscle mass for, with growth hormone deficiency, but, but very meaningful well, potentially. In, yeah. Let's get into what actually the hormones that are actually involved yeah. in obesity. And that, that is gets into, well, first let me just, let me just say, okay, so energy balance, right? Energy balance calories in, you're taking mm -hmm. them in versus out. So the thyroid changes the out testosterone, estrogen, cortisol, those change where mostly now what changes the in well, insulin resistance could change the in, but that's, it's not the in, in insulin could potentially, if you have high amounts of insulin, like you said, in an insulinoma, you're going to be hungry. Yeah. That's going to change that in portion. But there's a bunch of hormones that people don't actually talk about when they say it's my hormones and it's their appetite hormones, yeah. probably the most important part. And it's funny because everybody wants to go for the more sexy testosterone, estrogen, cortisol stuff, thyroid stuff, yeah. that, but that those are actually not the biggest drivers. It's right. the appetite, how much we eat. Right. So, um, I don't know, maybe you can just briefly well, yeah, I guess, go over yeah, some of those. Cause this could get long winded too, but you know, the, the famous one that has become famous is leptin. So our, our adipocytes, our fat cells, uh, secrete leptin. And that's part of the communication between our body and our adipose stores and our, and what our body wants to have that this sort of set concept of the set point. Right. And so leptin itself 
generally goes into our hypothalamus, into an area that we call the, the arcuate nucleus that has a couple centers that uh, respond to different hormones and go up and, and work on our appetite, satiety, and metabolism. And uh, leptin uh, should uh, improve our appetite or reduce our appetite, um, and, it, and it tries to block the other side of it, the, the hunger hormone side. And, uh, but with obesity, there does tend to be this, some form of leptin resistance. So it's not working as well as it should because people with obesity have high levels of leptin and it's obviously not doing the job that it's meant to do. Um, but, uh, so that's one. That's, well, so so yeah. some, will, some will argue that the, the leptin is, is there only to keep us from starving. So it only works one way, but it doesn't work the opposite way. So if you have very low leptin levels, it'll make you super hungry. That is true. But then you get to a point to where it's not that's this is the whole i yeah, mean i mean we could we'll have some of these neuroscientists on there but either way yeah i mean um people with obesity have high levels of leptin and yet uh it's not stopping yeah. them from now from eating so, so then so some people they, they might ask about well what about what if i don't have any leptin so there are extremely rare very rare disorders um where people are born with without leptin um, and uh, they have very severe early, early, early onset uh, obesity um, within a few months of being born. And, um, and so th that, that can be treated with leptin replacement, of course, but um, it's exceedingly rare and should be seeing specialists and um, geneticists right from the beginning. All right. Yeah, leptin receptor deficiencies and so that, then, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. so <laughs> what is, I mean, yeah, we can um, get into some of the another, more another big one. Stuff, but how about ghrelin? Yeah, I don't know. Let's I talk about the op the opposite. No, probably, yeah, ghrelin. Ghrelin. Yeah, ghrelin. Ghrelin's. Ghrelin's. I mean, I've seen some really cool lectures on ghrelin. And it gets pretty. Get, this also gets pretty complicated because there's an acylated form and all this different stuff, and it's people with obesity actually uh, might have lower levels at certain times and it might it, it, it might be more of a sensitivity to the ghrelin but ghrelin in general is a hunger hormone uh, comes from our stomach um, secreted by our stomach so it's thought that maybe bariatric surgery helps with that because it cuts out part of the stomach the gastric it also sleeve secretes ghrelin yeah yeah gastric sleeve so it's they're they're looking at you know ghrelin uh, I think they're looking at vaccines that block ground they're looking at all sorts of ways to yeah. hopefully um help with hunger but ghrelin's a hunger hormone yeah probably yeah. related to uh, probably somehow related to the obesity pathophysiology but i think a lot of yeah. these things are working in harmony that it, i don't think you can just deal with just one um uh, i think that protein probably decreases there's some studies that show that protein decreases ghrelin the most of all macronutrients but like again you can't really take it in isolation um no. because i don't know you could drink a whey protein shake lots of protein and then you could be hungry uh compared to eating yeah. like a whole thing of broccoli which doesn't have much of protein and that fills you up a little bit more anyway by the way lots of different things involved there for just for people just uh out yeah. of interest ghrelin yeah, you know what its other role is is it's a growth hormone secretagogue, meaning it stimulates growth hormone secretion. That's kind of where it gets yeah. its. Uh, so that's part why of its all the, the the all the intermittent fasters. That's why they're like, well, look, this is why my growth hormone's so much higher because <laughs> yeah. I'm 
not eating because they're grown. Yeah. So. Yeah. If, so so pe- another, people with yeah, anorexia have high we, growth hormone. Yeah. Wait, the, so the, the big ones that we makes it more practical is this glucagon like peptide one. This is where we're going to get into the lectures on, or the podcast on weight loss medicine. But um, there's probably disturbances in those specifically with type two diabetes, with adiposity, with GLP one glucagon like peptide one. This is a hormone that's secreted from your gut uh, that um, uh, slows down your gastric emptying, yada, yada, yada. But in, in obesity uh, or in weight loss, it, there's receptors in our brain that react to these GLP, the yeah, GLP-1, have... there's GLP-1 receptors mm-hmm. that have that same kind of ap- or, uh, satiety signals that my brother's talking about in the, in the hypothalamus that go up to our higher cortical areas that uh, help with satiety. So now we can actually give exogenous GLP-1 agonists, these um, things that can't be as well broken down and that can induce satiety. But so it's possible there's um, disturbances in those. And and there are specifically. And, but that's not, again, it's not like a specific deficiency per se. Um, We just know that those with obesity and on the spectrum of type two diabetes, dysglycemia have suboptimal function of their GLP and and maybe now as we're learning GIP some of these other hormones and this is where we get into the you know the second generation of um, obesity uh, medications because all the all the um, scientists that are doing this are are working on these different gut hormones and the combinations of them and and they they seem to be working really well and we'll we might even have a little podcast on the the newest one just recently approved the dual GLP GIP agonist terzepatide. I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but um, when we talk about medications, we'll yeah, certainly get yet. into we'll, that. We'll definitely have a definitely have a podcast on that. The you know, there's other ones. Other things come from the the uh, gut that are hormones. Remember, we're talking about hormones here that yeah. may have relate to weight loss. Yeah. And again, I think the most important ones are these satiety hormones, peptide YY, uh, CCK. Yep. Um, uh, am I missing a few other ones? It doesn't. Well, it doesn't matter. These, there's, these are hormones, yeah. basically, that people should be thinking about as opposed to the more sexy uh, yeah. hormones that we talked yeah. about earlier. And and the hormones, the, the neurotransmitters so within the, yeah. the hypothalamus, the arcuate nucleus that we're talking about. You know, the the proprio melanocortin center, the alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone that it's that it's secreting up to the you know melanocortin four receptor. Um, you know, you mentioned the extremely rare yeah, these... diseases where we, we have a medicine that replaces that now for those very rare, severe obesity and of childhood that have um, some of these deficiencies where we can replace that. But um, but this is where all the, the yeah. actual hormones so the, are the, a problem. The, the takeaway. The, yeah, the takeaway here is that, look, hormones are involved with weight loss. When somebody says they can't lose weight because of their hormones, it's probably not unless they have one of these path- pathological conditions. Yeah. Technically, I also technically just for... true based on all the hormones we just talked about, but not the hormones they're talking about. Well, that's the thing. That's what's right. It's, the, right. So that so it is hormones. What but they not what think are, is their hormone. Yeah, they think it's their whatever X Y Z hormone. It's not going to be one of those that they think it is unless they have something like if they do have overt hypothyroidism or Cushing's or um, one of these other things that we talked about and, and again, or pe- postmenopausal, but even still that I, I don't, wouldn't call that yeah. pathological number one. 
uh, number two, it's not, it's still not going to be kind of an, an overt, uh, marked as yeah. my brother would say obesity. It might be just a slight little bit of weight, right. uh, changes. And, so, but those should if, all still be addressed we're gonna, if, we're, if prevalent. I mean, you know, again, holistic care, we all need to be holistic and, and those things do need to be addressed, yeah. but, but also treating the underlying driving pathophysiology of the real hormones that are not tumors or anything like that, but you know, the real underlying obesity regulating type hormones that we can help address through all the things we're talking about, diet, exercise, sleep, medication, yeah. surgeries. But the principles still apply. Energy yep. balance still remains. Hormones can change where you store it. They can also change how many calories you're burning. They can change how much we're eating. So hormones are absolutely related to weight loss. Energy balance is also related to weight loss. They're intertwined. You cannot disentangle them. To say hormones have nothing to do with weight loss is incorrect. To say they have everything to do with weight loss, probably not correct. Mm -hmm. um, so just understand that. I've, had, I've made little videos on it to try to make it concise, but that's what this, we're trying to go a little bit more into each of the hormones in this podcast to kind of give you an understanding. Yeah. Uh, if you eat fewer calories than you burn, you're going to lose weight. Even if you have Cushing's, um, but it will, it may make it's it gonna extremely be, difficult yeah. due to the appetite appetite changes and you in in because of the, the enzymatic changes and where you store fat because of the cortisol um you may not start losing belly fat you may really hold on to that belly yeah fat and lose, that. you lose muscle but and stuff physiological like changes yeah 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 what's interesting you see these very skinny arms and then marked uh, abdominal uh, circumferences yeah. um it's 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 kind of an interesting yeah. Thing, and, and all these other hormones we course, just talked about well. make it it's it is easier said than done to just people can't just go eat better and, and exercise and lose weight because of all these hormones that are working against them. But that's where we have to do more yeah. holistic care and, and consider medications and surgeries because it is hard. It is, you know, it is from some of these hormones, but you don't have a tumor that needs to be cut out most of the time. Sometimes then you'll yeah. end up seeing somebody like me yeah. and then a surgeon. But <laughs> yeah, and the programs out there that claim they're going to balance your hormones, you have some hormone that's, type, that's another... Yeah, that's a huge red flag of yeah, quackery. Yeah. Red flag. If, quackery, if people are saying they, that, they, they're just trying yeah, to... Then you're going to end up going to see up a real river. hormone doctor and, and probably a surgeon and stuff like that if you have real, real pathology. Yeah. Don't waste Never. your money. Yeah. That's a BS. Anyway, if you like this podcast, review it. Subscribe, tell your friends, send it to somebody. And we would help. Purposes only. We Remember, will talk the physicians next on this time. podcast are not your physician. It should not be considered professional or personalized medical advice. It should not be used to replace speaking with your physician or medical professional to discuss your specific health concerns. The topics discussed should not be used solely to diagnose or treat any condition. As a result, we are not responsible for any unwanted medical outcomes. The views and opinions discussed are of those of the host only and do not represent those of any other entity. Peace.